keys, tackle box in my hand Gonna cast a few lines with my toes in the sand Pulling in a big catch makes me feel like a man But the wife, she just don't understand I love walleye, perch, trout and bass And if you don't like fishing, you can kiss my four-stroke right in the back Cause the fishes all tremble at the thought of me When I'm fishing for bunion country Checking in once again with Chip Lear, the Northland Tackle Pro Staff. Chip, we're sitting here in the heat of summer, one of the times of the year that it's good to know that we have a lot of different fish in each of our lakes because this is not the best time to catch a walleye. We have choices. That's mm-hmm. why we live here is we have choices. We're very fortunate to have choices. And you're right, there are other species to fish besides walleyes, and that's really the part of this year is figuring out not what to catch, but more what can I catch. This is a great time to go bass fishing. This is a great time to go for some big pike. Search out a new lake that you haven't been on before or for any one of those species because I think they're all lots of fun. For myself, I try to find lakes with really distinct weed lines this time of year or quite a bit of deep structure. I mean, if there's deeper water there and deeper structure, we could probably still find some walleyes. Most likely it's going to be morning or evening type bites, but the bass and panfish are probably going to be around those weed edges and those deeper weed edges to be specific. When you think about these lakes in the middle of the summer, especially if you're getting to one that you haven't been before, really try to key in on edges. Edges are really or what hold fish, whether it's a weed edge, whether it's a drop-off edge, whether it's the edge of two different types of bottom content where it goes from sand to rock or rock to mud. Edges are pretty important. If you see a weather edge coming, the front's coming, it means that things are going to pick up and probably get a little bit more active for a while. So being in the right place at the right time, right on the edge. The walleye do bite early in the morning, late in the evening on a lot of these waters this time of year. So yeah, I feel like you have to go walleye fishing. That's a good way to start your day. And then like you say, bass, panfish, northerns, and of course, this is the time of year musky maniacs live for. Absolutely. They get active. And I think that's one of the neat things about looking at new lakes is you're running around, maybe you're bass fishing or pan fishing or musky fishing even. Keep your eyes and ears open, but your eyes in particular, especially if you're working through the shallow waters. As we get into the heat of the summer, a lot of the weeds may become overgrown and choke themselves out. So as you're looking through those shallows and looking at new waters, make sure you're seeing some sort of life. If you're fishing, you know, cast and casket, you're getting absolutely no reactions to your baits whatsoever, and you're looking down there and you're not seeing men and the weeds are turning brown, you got to get out of there. You got to go somewhere else. And most likely, you're going to notice you're going to get into an area and the weeds are going to be a little bit greener. Things are going to be a little happier looking. And all of a sudden, you're going to see a few minnows and bam, your bait's going to get hit. Find life. You find life, you'll find the fish. Though we're talking about the great variety of species we have, you certainly can catch walleyes this time of year. Oh, absolutely. The walleyes are there and pretty catchable, but it's kind of like the middle of the winter. They go through different cycles. In the middle of summer, like this, is just like the middle of winter. Their activity periods have been reduced. They're only going to be active for maybe an hour a day, a half hour in the morning, half hour at night, or up to a couple hours a day. So you just got to get yourself in the right place at the right time, whether it be the deep weed edge, but generally you're going to look deeper this time of year. They're going to want cooler water, darker water, overcast days, windier days are going to be better than sunnier days. Look to the depths, 30, 40, even 50 feet of water sometimes. Those walleyes will call home in the middle of the summer. Typical hot summer day for Chip Lear, and he's got some guests that he wants to get on some fish. What do we do? I'm going bass fishing. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we've got the world's greatest bass fisheries around here, and it can be really simple. A simple, long-shanked type jig with a 7-inch impulse worm, and we're going to just go jig worming. It's going to cast that out on the edges of these weeds and 
pockets of those weeds and let that jig drop in there and you know, it's going to fall down until it hits a weed and then I'm going to rip it up a little bit and let it fall back down and you feel a thump, you set the hook. It's pretty simple and straightforward and we have just incredible bass fishing on these bodies of water. We do. I mean, everybody knows Leach has a ton of great bass fishing and all the small lakes, there's a lot of great bass fishing. A lot of people don't realize Lake Bemidji has a great bass fishery. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. And Lake of the Woods has a great bass fishery. We've got a lot of great fishing around here for bass. And plus, it's proactive and if you're taking people out fishing and you've got guests coming from other parts of the country that haven't done a lot of fishing, it's really fun because it's an active sport. You're casting, you're retrieving, you're moving all the time. You're not waiting for something to happen and they bite, they fight good and a lot of times they'll jump this time of year so that makes it even more fun. And that's a great thing when you're taking kids out and running to turn them on to fishing. How much fun is bass fishing for a kid? It's a gas and seven, eight, nine years old are perfectly capable of throwing out a small jig and a jig worm, getting it bit and catching a fish. And you know what? Smiles are hard to beat. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Chip Lear talking about hot summer fishing. If it is walleyes, we absolutely have to have walleyes. You mentioned we go very deep and we go early or we go late. That's going to be the key to that. And most of the time, you can pick up your presentations a little bit. You can throw bottom bouncers or slick sticks with spinners and a hunk of meat. If you want to cover some water on those deep weed edges or just go straight with a roach rig or a live bait rig and a, a big minnow or crawler, almost stationary and non-moving on some of those deeper structures like deeper mid-lake humps and those types of places are pretty hard to beat. Okay, Chip, thanks for your time today. Thank you, Kevin. More hot weather fishing talk to come. Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest talks walleyes next. Some people say fishing is overrated. They are wrong. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Welcome back to Fish and Paul Bunyan Country, checking once again with Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest. Bob, we are into the heat of summer. Uh, you know, the, the sky is high, the wind, the, the water's flat, uh, the water's warm, and a lot of people say there's absolutely no way you can catch a walleye this time of year. Uh, it might be tougher, but it certainly is not impossible. Guides find ways all the time. There are walleyes to be caught even now. In this warm weather, the walleye still have to eat. You know, their metabolism is high because of the warm water and that they got to eat. It's just a matter of showing them what they want. Uh, this time of year, I've spent quite a bit of time over in, like, Cabotogama uh, on, the, on the border there, uh, Voyager's National Park. And we're fishing deep water with live bait rigs. And, yeah, the deep water being, uh, oh, I don't know, 20 to 30 feet, something like that, with live bait rigs. And we use both crawlers and leeches. And, again, we're relying on our electronics to show us the fish. If there are no fish present, we don't fish. And much of the time, the structures are pretty large, but they'll be concentrated on a small area. Uh, if, if we find concentrations of fish, we slow down, you know, and live bait rig them. If they're spread out, we put a bottom bouncer down there and uh, pull a spinner. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. If they're all, you know, standing right, uh, sitting right on top of each other, you know, doing a large pass isn't going to do you a whole lot of good. No, your bait is out of the fish zone too much of the time. you got to sit right on top of them and, and get them to bite. And that might uh, take some time, and it might take a few different approaches. The key here is you find the schools of fish, and you fish them, and if they don't want to bite, go find another school of fish. But remember where that school was, because eventually, sometime during the day, they will bite. Sometime they're going to maybe move a little shallower, and uh, they'll bite. 
Okay. One of the things that, uh, that that can be really, really effective this time of year, Walker Bay is an ex- is a perfect example of that, is go out at night when the moon is full, drag those crankbaits. Uh, the walleye bite can be very, very exciting if you're willing to be out late. In that clear water in particular, I've caught some big walleyes in Walker Bay. Uh, into the fall, too, uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get shallow there in the fall uh, by the public beach. I've caught some really big walleyes in the fall there. But, yeah, in the summer, too, when it's at night, uh, the water's calmed down a little bit. You know, not as many people uh, on the water. Maybe the fish are a little bit less spooky, and, and crankbaits will catch them. You're right. And, again, like we talked about uh, last time we visited, Bob, uh, don't be uh, just a walleye guy. If it is just not happening, uh, that doesn't mean the northerns aren't going to be hungry on a hot day or the bass aren't going to be ready to go crazy. Um, There are other things you can do that will be at least as entertaining. I promise you it's more fun to go out and catch a bunch of bass than not catch any walleye. (laughs) You know, and and typically bass will get caught, northerns will get caught, you can catch walleyes, too, and much of the time you'll catch walleyes right in there with the bass on the weed line, you know, throwing a, uh, uh, a jig worm. Walleyes eat those things, too. They eat them really good. Uh, uh, like a, a four-inch ringworm, impulse ringworm, is a good way to catch a wide variety of species of fish in the summer. It's a good way just to get bit. Yeah, and, and uh, you mentioned the weed line. Boy, that is your that is your area of diversity in the fishery um everybody you know it's cool there there's bait fish there there's going to be fish there there's going to be fish there the weed line is a great place to start for a wide variety of fish uh you control the weed line yeah no and cover water quickly with a crankbait and then when you find a concentration of fish slow down and cast to them but just look for points in the weed lines or turns or just something different and that's where the fish will be okay uh, and again, especially on those clear water lakes, uh, though there's a lot of times a year we could be out in the middle of the day, good, uh, you know, midday bite, good baker's hour bite, but there are times you just might have to set your alarm a little early or just maybe plan to stay out a little late. That's it. Early and late in the day in the summer is a big deal. I, and, you know, it's nice to be out there. I'm, I'm not much of a morning person, but if I'm going to go fishing in the summer, I want to be out there when the sun comes up and, and be fishing some shallow water for bass in particular. I really enjoy that. You know, uh, when they blow up in that bait, that's fun. All right. And, uh, Bob Jensen, I, uh, fishing the Midwest uh, television, I know that uh, you're on a number of different uh, different channels and networks. Uh, where are some of the places we might be able to watch your show next winter? Uh, in Bemidji area, we're on WDIO out of Duluth and Fox Sports North. Uh, Fox Sports North provides coverage for a wide area, but WDIO out of Duluth also uh, is is our carrier in that area. And, of course, uh, if we want to check you out, we can also go to your website, too, right? Fishingthemidwest.com. We've got all of our TV shows on fishingthemidwest.com, as well as articles and that sort of thing. All right, Bob Jensen from Fishing the Midwest, my guest today, talking hot summer walleyes. Bob, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Always enjoy it, Kev. Some people fish, some people don't. Those people are clueless. This is Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, lake of the weekday, holy cow. Once again, checking in with Doug Schultz, the Walker Area Fisheries Manager, as we take a look at a lake of the week over in his area, that is... Lake Webb, which is uh, one of those lakes that seems to be uh, 
Loaded with a lot of different fish, and, and, and it's more of that panfish lake, not, not as much walleyes. There's some in there, but it's uh, kind of that traditional. You're going to find some panfish, you're going to find some bass, you're going to find some northerns. Yeah, it's, it's really best known as a bass panfish pike lake, uh, particularly the last you know 30 years or so. Um, we last surveyed that one in 2015, and, uh, and I actually plan on being in there again this coming summer. But, uh, you know, Webb Lake is 750 acres. Uh, between uh, Hackensack and, and Woman Lake, right uh, off of County Road 5. Uh, it has a maximum depth of, depth of 84 feet, and about a third of the lake is less than 15 feet deep. Water clarity on that one's pretty good. It's about 15 feet, and uh, lake shore on that one is also fairly well developed. But, you know, as you said, it, it's uh, by design a, a better bass panfish pike lake. And it appears to be noted, to be loaded rather, with bass. There's a lot of bass in that lake. Yeah, largemouth abundance is on the higher end of, of what we would consider moderate uh, for lakes around here. Uh, we saw uh, bass up to 20 inches when we sampled that one back in 2015. And then, uh, you know, the crappie and sunfish abundance is also pretty good uh, in the moderate range. And crappies up to 10 inches and, and sunfish up to 8 inches sampled. But, I, you know, I know it kicks out some bigger crappies than that because, we you know, we hear about, about it from anglers. So it's a pretty good bass pan fish lake. A lot of people fish that lake? Yeah, that one gets uh, that one's closer to twenty hours of pressure per per acre, so that's that's getting towards the higher end around here. Yeah, um, and again, it, it's it's one of those lakes. Bring the kids because the fish that like to bite are the fish that you're going to find on that lake. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And in terms of you know walleyes, it's it's uh, tended to be on the lower range. You know, three to six walleyes per net. Uh, though uh, we had a historical low of one point eight walleyes per net in the last survey. Um, you know, we did sample walleyes up to 27 inches, and uh, there is good natural reproduction in the lake. Uh, and, you know, the strongest year classes we've seen uh, have been produced naturally. But, uh, you know, it's very inconsistent. So we've attempted to boost it with fry stocking over the years. And, uh, you know, we, we tried some higher-density annual stockings for a while uh, from the 2006-2010, and that didn't work well, so we went back down to lower densities. Um, that, that were more successful in the 90s. And, uh, you know, we'll take a look at it this summer and see how that worked. And, you know, if not, we'll probably uh, think about trying fringlings out there next. Okay. I mean, sometimes uh, it, it things just don't work, even though it, it, it looks like on paper it should, right? Yeah, and, you know, that, that's, you know, really for folks to understand the importance of our survey program is, is, you know, one, you just like to see what's in the lake and what it looks like. But the other is to see how well your management actions are actually working. And, you know, in the case of stocking, uh, you know, we need to follow up with surveys uh, every once in a while to see how those gear classes are persisting. You know, are they stronger in stock gears versus non-stock gears? Or if we made a change in our stocking type, is that, you know, is that producing more fish available to anglers? You know, that's really the goal of the activities. So, uh, you know, like I mentioned, we're going to do that this summer on web, uh, you know, do a survey. Uh, see how the stockings that we've been doing have, have worked relative to what we've done in the past, and if you know if they're not uh, meeting our our goals, then we'll we'll consider doing something different. What is the secret? I mean, let's take a look at the the panfish again. A lot of the lakes we've talked to with you about this year, you've had really good panfish numbers, and I'm talking crappies and um, and bluegills primarily in this case. And yet still have been able to maintain a really decent size. And yet there are so many lakes where, you know, 
uh, bluegills in particular, they're just little potato chips. What's the secret to getting those decent sizes? Well, I don't think it's anything we've done. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, you know, a lot of the lakes around here are, are just ideal bass, panfish type lakes by design. And, um, you know, really the concern is, is about maintaining size quality of, of panfish in those lakes. And in a lot of them, the size quality isn't quite as good as it was, you know, 20 and 30 years ago. And, um, you know, that's why some of the discussion is starting to happen at the statewide level about, you know, possibly revising panfish bag limits. Um, you know, backing the pressure down a little bit, let's be a little more selective of what we're harvesting and see if we can't get some of that, you know, move from uh, good size quality back up to exceptional size quality in more lakes, which, you know, again, the lakes around here are really well designed for that uh, in the end. So I'd like to claim credit for it, but, you know, I really can't. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let us help you then. Tell us, uh, for those of us who are maybe going to go out and catch some of those kinds of fish, uh, which ones should we be keeping? Which ones should we be putting back in the lake? You know, for uh, for bluegills, ideal is, uh, you know, 7-inch fish to 8.5 inches, depending on the lake. Um, you know, when you start getting into the 9- and 10-inch range, as tempting as it is to, you know, fill the bucket up with those, throw those back. Uh, those A lot of those are the males, in fact, that, that are on the nests uh, and, and, and guard the nests, and, and they're easy pickings for one. Uh, you know, the other one is that's good genetics and we want to make sure we keep in the system because, uh, you know, those fish are in the 10-year-old range. Uh, they've been around a while, and, and, you know, they're really important to maintain the size quality of, of the population. And then with crappies, uh, really it's just, uh, you know, their recruitment is very boom and bust. Uh, you know, when you get a big year class through and you get that big crop, they're all, you know, 9 inches the one year, 11 inches the next year, 12 and 13 inches the year after. You know, it's really just about metering out harvest so you don't burn it burn it down too quick because once they're gone, then you're, you know, you're really waiting for the next big year class to come through the system. Any concerns uh, on this lake at all? No. No, it's, uh, you know, water quality is exceptional. Uh, you know, we're, we're working on, on the walleye management as best we can on that one. Uh, trying to something find uh, find something that's gonna gonna work well over the long term. Uh, you know, pike density tends to be on the higher side in that one, and that's probably limiting our our management success with walleyes to some extent because of predation. And then, you know, perch abundance in that one is very low as well. So from a prey perspective for for walleyes, they, they can be limiting as well. So, you know, those two are probably limiting how how effective we can be for for walleye management in that lake, but. Uh, you know, the panfish uh, and bass fishing is exceptional. All right. It's Webb. It's our Lake of the Week. And, again, pretty easy to find. You, you mentioned it earlier, but uh, tell us again how to get there and where the access is. Yeah, from Hackensack, go east six miles on County Road 5 towards Longville. And uh, the road actually bends right around the south end of the lake, and the public access is right there on your left-hand side. All right. Doug Schultz from the Walker Area Fisheries Office joining me today. Doug, thank you for your time. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Now we're going fishing for the young country.